Hi guys, it's Fossil without Spawn this time as she's out and about doing spawny things. But we received information from a first time listener who contacted us after hearing episode 24, where Spawn and I had discussed a supernatural occurrence that we had experienced. And this woman reached out to us and told us her story. We were lucky to get her on the show. Ready or not, here we go. Welcome, Elizabeth, to our show. I'll start out by telling you the first strange experience that I had. I was about 13 years old, and this one was really quite terrifying (laughs) for me at the time. Yeah, it was really, really frightening. What happened was I had gone to bed. My room was, my parents owned a large home. You know, I'm one of 10 children, so we had a large home. But I did have my own room in the basement uh, in the far corner, and it was right next to the bathroom. So I had gone to bed, had fallen asleep. I, in my teens, I always slept on my stomach. And I was in a deep, deep sleep as you do when you're a teen. (laughs) And I suddenly had the feeling that someone grabbed onto my shoulder and pulled me out of bed. Oh my gosh. And I could feel myself being dragged across the floor, like across the carpet on my face. And I trying so hard to wake up and it just felt like I couldn't wake up. And, and I finally woke up and sat up and I was on the floor. Wow. And um, I thought, oh, wow, that was weird. And I turned and looked at the corner of my room and I could see this dark shadow, this dark shape in the corner of my room. And it looked like a cloaked man, like a man with a dark cloak over, over him and over his head. And like, it just totally freaked me out. Sure. But, you know, I try to be a logical person. I was extremely messy in my teens. And I thought, oh, that's just a pile of laundry or something, you know. As one does. (laughs) I had, yeah, my light switch. I mean, thankfully, I had a lamp over my bed um, and didn't have to go because I would have had to like, go to that corner to flick on the light. So I flicked on the light by my bed and there was nothing there. So you didn't try to talk to the entity. You didn't try no, to... no, 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 no. Did you do any research <laughs> no. on the house to see if anybody had passed no, away? I never, I never did. I never did. I was 13. Right. So, yeah. you know, that didn't occur to me. So anyways, I went, I, I crawled back in bed and, you know, I laid there for quite a while and, uh, you know, kind of kept my eye on the corner and everything seemed okay. And I fell back asleep. And a few minutes later, or I don't know exactly how long it was later, but it was long enough I was in that deep sleep again. And it happened again the second time. Exactly the same. So, yeah, again, pulled from my bed and dragged across the floor 
And then I woke up again and I saw that dark figure again the second time. Well, this time I'm even more scared, of right. course. Right. But, uh, you know, I think, you know, I'm losing my mind. And, you know, I've, I've, I haven't told too many people this story. I've told a couple of people, people, and they've said to me, oh, you had a sleep paralysis. Um, mm, not the same. But, but I was on the floor. <laughs> okay. Right. So anyways, it happened again a third time. You know, to make a long story short, it happened three times. Each time I got up, turned on my light, the figure was gone. Well, by now I'm like pretty wide awake. And I, I got up and I looked at my face in the mirror. And my face on this side was all scraped. Oh, wow. And the strangest thing was I had... A handprint on my shoulder. Oh my god. Oh my god. <laughs> and like have you ever like fallen asleep on your hand or something? Sure, sure. And it leaves a red mark. Right. That's what it looked like. But the fingers were coming down Toward like this. Your chest. And there's away. no way yeah, that I could even get that way. my hand in that direction to right. fit. Because that's what I thought at first. I thought, oh, I just fell asleep on my hand. Right. But I could not get my hand into that position. Okay, so, like, sleep had fled my eyes sure. <laughs> at this time. I left my light on. Um, I was awake for hours just cowering in the dark. I don't know. You know, probably... A, a lot of people would think, why didn't you go wake up your parents? <laughs> and I was a very independent uh, kid. And, you know, I just didn't think it was worth bothering them. Or if, even if I did, I didn't know what they could do about it, you know. Right. But anyways, I think I did eventually fall asleep again. And... Um, the next morning when I woke up, and this is really weird and I do not understand it. I got up and I went to go into the bathroom, to go to the bathroom. And the bathroom floor was covered with earthworms. There were worms oh, all over the floor. My goodness. Uh, they were, they looked like they had been sitting there for a week because they were kind of all dried up and shriveled up. Well, I had used the bathroom the night before there was no, worms. no worms. By this time I think, okay, I'm hallucinating, right? So I like got, grabbed a pencil from my room and I was like poking at them to see if they were real <laughs> because I thought, what is going on here? It wasn't raining out like, you know, like I thought, well, maybe it rained and the earthworms just got in a crack somewhere or something because you know how worms come up yeah. when it rains. But it wasn't raining. There was nothing. There was probably 20, like, shriveled up earthworms on the bathroom floor. Super bizarre. To this day, I have no idea where they came from or what that means or if it had anything to do with the experience that I had had during the night. It was just a really, really strange, weird thing that absolutely. happened to me. And, and that you absolutely happened. It. I know. But, and you never did research on this house. 
I didn't. And you know, that was the only time that anything like that happened in that house. I lived in that house from the time I was 11 until I was 16. And I never had another thing. It was just that one time. So well, you didn't answer him. So <laughs> he moved on. He's like, she's not listening. <laughs> you wonder, well, yeah. you wonder what he wanted. What did he want? I, I, I have to say that I had a very, very dark feeling. Like it wasn't a feeling like it was, a, you know, a benevolent spirit. It did not feel like a benevolent spirit. It felt evil. He's it trapped. felt evil. Yeah. So, yeah, that was my probably the strangest thing that's that I've ever had happen to me. Well, that's definitely terrifying. Yeah. Anytime they interact on a physical level, that's terrifying. Yeah, it was. It was. We're trained to believe it doesn't happen or it doesn't exist and it isn't real. And then you question your own sanity, which is even worse. Well, well, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I thought, you know, like, what, what is this? Like, did someone give me drugs or? Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, it was, I didn't know what was going on. It's too bad. I mean, like today, people would be snapping pictures. And even if you had a chance to snap a picture of the earthworms on the floor, there would be people saying, you put them there. Exactly. Now, how yeah. do you prove it? You can't. Yeah. Yeah. It's and I have no idea. You know, for all I for all I know, one of my siblings could have been playing a prank or something. But, you know, it doesn't seem logical. Because, you know, I've thought about this a lot. And I thought, even if my brother went and dug up a bunch of worms and put them on the floor, they wouldn't dry out, like, in one night. They yeah, would, right. you know, still look like worms. worms. You know, even if they died, they would still look like worms, right? Right, yeah. So, I mean, they had, they looked like, like sections of them were kind of burnt and crispy, you know, Ooh. it was, yeah, weird. yeah, it was weird. So anyway, yikes, my next kind of strange experience I had was when my kids were quite small. I was a single mom for 12 years and uh, my youngest was five and the older one would have been 11. And we had had a fire in the duplex that I lived in. Actually, my, who is my youngest son, he's now my middle son, set a fire. Oh, jeez. <laughs> set the basement on fire when he was oh, no. two, two and a half. Oopsie. <laughs> so at that time, I had had a really hard time finding housing because uh, we were in an economic boom and just there was just no housing available so i i found a place that but i couldn't afford it it was i you know it was just breaking me so we moved into this after a year of living there i moved into this um it was uh, like a condo unit you know the mm -hmm. the condos that uh like you have three floors and then they're all attached mm -hmm. and there might be like six condos in a in mm -hmm. a unit so someone had uh, the developers had built this so it was brand new but they they had intended to sell it as condos and they weren't able to sell them so they rented so i moved into this it was the end unit and like i said it was brand new no one had lived in it before me so it was kind of odd that every time we went in the basement, the kids 
like, you know, we'd lived in other similar places. The kids always had a playroom in the basement. You know, I did my laundry in the basement. Like, it wasn't that we had something against basements, but the kids never wanted to play down there. And I'd go down there to do laundry. And I always felt like, you know, that feeling where someone Something's else is there. in the room mm-hmm. or you're being watched or you just, mm-hmm. it's just, you just feel just a bit off. Right. You know, so, so I always felt that. And um, so this story, I guess I should clarify that it's not, uh, it's not my own story because that kind of weird sort of creepy feeling of being watched is the only thing that I personally experienced. But my five-year-old son told me, and he didn't tell me when it happened, but he told me later. And to this day, he like, he turned 39 two days ago and um, (laughs) and he still swears that this happened and that is that uh, he said that he was downstairs like on the main floor you know where our living room and stuff was and he had fallen asleep you know he had a habit of waking up during the night and thinking it was morning so i guess he had woken up and went downstairs to play or whatever and had fallen asleep down there and he said that uh, he woke up because he was being carried upstairs and he assumed that i was carrying him upstairs to bed and so he woke up to and he you know looked up to look at me and he said he was being carried upstairs by nothing Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. He was just floating up the stairs. <laughs> Something carried him upstairs and put him in bed. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And he doesn't have any clue. He didn't see any colors or did he didn't experience any sounds or pitches? There's no. so many factors that a lot of people experience in these things. And I, I always want to ask these questions. It's like, was there a high pitched sound or was there any like music or was there any feeling cold, warm? Yeah. I mean, it's too bad. He's not here that we could ask himself. <laughs> we might but have to bring him I on know, the show. <laughs> I know he, well, I don't think he would come on because yeah. he's not that comfortable talking about it. Most you know? people who have real experiences aren't. Yeah. I remember asking him one day if he he remembered it and it was in front of his wife and he just really just clammed up. He did not want to tell the story in front of his wife. His wife it has anxiety and right. gets frightened sure. by that kind of thing. So yeah, he wouldn't didn't even want to talk about it. It's PTSD, really. You're out of control. You you have no idea why it happened or how it happened. And you're worried that people are going to think there's something wrong with you. So now you have a judgment issue on your on the table as well. And it, yeah, it's scary. Yeah. You know, I never thought about that. That's uh, that's really interesting. It's the same look people get and more when they come home from war. They don't want to talk about it. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I've never asked him if he heard anything, but he didn't when he when he's told me about it, which he he's told me about it on more than one occasion. Uh, he didn't mention any sound or or anything. He just said he was being carried up the stairs by nothing. That's how he described it. Wow. So, yeah, strange. 
I don't rule out anything. I don't think that we'll ever necessarily know in this day and age. And I know that, you know, the psychology of it, people try and poo-poo it away. And I don't believe that that's, that's the best answer. I don't believe that that's true. It's not just some chemical in our brain making us believe something. I'm all, I'm always going to be on the search for the truth. I will not be so arrogant as to say it absolutely doesn't happen. And I cannot be so arrogant as to say it absolutely did. I'm right there in the middle going, it's quite possible. We don't know everything <laughs> because it happens so often and then never again. And that's what makes me question. It's not a mental health issue. You know, if it's a mental health yeah. issue, it could yeah. last you your entire life. And if it's not something that's reoccurring all the time, how can that be? <laughs> yeah. You're, you're not yeah. controlling it. It's fascinating, though. It is. What struck me odd, though, was that that the house was new. Like, you always think that you get hauntings in, you know, old places where that's Hollywood, there's though. been did been death and things like that. But, you know, I do uh, believe that, that the ground, you know, can be, can be haunted. I don't like the word haunted, but you you know what I'm saying, you know, that there could have, could have been a spirit that was occupying that ground. You know, it was, it was near the river areas close to rivers are, you know, typically places that are, you know, more occupied or have been more occupied in history by people. So uh, I don't know if it was uh, like uh, Native American, possibly, or, but I do think like, you know, I mean, I understand that it was frightening for him to experience that, but at the same time, the act was so benevolent. That's carrying my thing. a child to bed. That's you know? my thing. I don't believe that the idea of ghosts is. I think Hollywood screwed that up for us. Everybody has these experiences, and they're not always bad. We get scared because we can't explain it, and our brain is looking for an answer, and there is no answer, and that mm-hmm. is where the fear comes from, right? So why you're right. I don't think it, I think, yes, energy can enter into an object, but I don't think it's only the, the old houses. I think it can be anything. Yeah. I often think, why does it happen when we're alone? And I guess it would be if you're alone, you tend to listen more clearly or more acutely. You tend to pay attention. All your um, senses are kind of alive when you're alone. You're paying attention in some subconscious level. And I wonder if that's the only time they can reach us when they're trying to talk or if, if this exists, is it possible that they only go to children because they're not already, they're open to it because they don't have any preconceived notions of what is real and what isn't. Is that why they go to children more often? And as adults, it it seems to only happen to those of us when we're absolutely alone. Is it because we're only paying attention then there's nothing interfering with the, the download, if you will. Yeah. Yeah. And I think sometimes, I mean, Maybe it doesn't happen to us only when we're alone. And my last story will sort of highlight that. But um, also, 
if you're in in a house that you know there's a lot of people in and you hear a sound, you just assume it's one of these other people. You don't think that, you know, something's odd about it, right? Because that's not what your expectations are. But if you're alone and you hear a sound, right. Absolutely. you know, your mind goes to a different place. You know, what made that sound? Like, what what could that be? You know, so going on to my last story was... This story, I think more than any of the others, I can really describe as an actual haunting because I honestly believe, and it happened over, you know, uh, several months, but let me get into the story and uh, then you can, you know, judge for yourself. So I worked um, for about 14 years for a small family owned drilling fluid company so they you know service the oil industry by you know making and selling drilling fluids and the company consisted of the the man his wife and then they had twin sons and the the twin sons had their own company but they shared the office space the wife was the office manager and accountant well, one summer, uh, I think this was probably, I had started with them in 2001, but I think it was around 2007. I'd been there about seven years. And um, they had gone on holidays first and they had were gone for three weeks. And my holidays started at the end of their holidays and I was gone for three weeks. So when I came back from holidays, I had not seen them for six weeks and when I got back, the, the lady, the office manager was in the hospital and oh. she had been fine when I left. So when I came back, she was in the hospital with liver cancer and it was really bad. And she only lived three more weeks after that. Like it took her like that. It took her so fast. Then right shortly after she passed away, all these strange things started happening in the office. Um, she wasn't ready to leave. Yeah, she wasn't ready to leave. She wasn't ready to retire. She wasn't ready to be done her life. And I, I know that she was, uh, you know, because they, they would, the family would tell me, you know, they'd go and visit her and, and come and say, you know, oh, she's so mad that this is her retirement, oh. lying in a hospital bed. And, you know, she wasn't, she wasn't done. Right. You know, she was 63 years old. It's That's still young. two years older than I am now. Still yeah. young. Yeah. So, yeah. So these things started happening. I can tell you some of the things. I can't remember the order that they happened in. Sure. But some of the things that happened were, okay, I... Uh, worked first in the morning i would come in about 6 30 quarter to 7 in the morning and i was the one that who opened the office and i was usually there working for at least an hour by myself their office was on the 41st floor of an apartment building it had been the penthouse they had been unable to rent the penthouse as an apartment, so they had converted it to office space. So we had the penthouse. So it was a pretty long elevator ride up. Well, I remember going one morning to work and going into the lobby and pressing the elevator button and waiting for the elevator and, you know, thought I was alone in the room. Uh -oh. And I heard 
just over my shoulder. It sounded like about a foot and a half from my head, just behind me to the right, a big sigh, like, <sighs> just like that. Goodness. And I thought, oh, I didn't think anybody was in here. Who is that? You know, oh I gosh. thought I was alone. And there was no one there, of course. But I mean, it was just clear as day, this loud, you know, just a sigh, like people do when they're waiting for for the (laughs) elevator, you know. (laughs) She was mad. (laughs) You're slowing sister down. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Some of the other things that happened was um, the... Like we had half of the floor, another company had the other half, but we had joint washrooms and the women's washroom door, there was just one door, you know, some washrooms have a door and then a second door, but we just had one and it had been painted over a few times. And so when, in order to close the door, you had to really push it quite hard. And so when we used the washroom, because it was open to the hallway, you always wanted to have that door closed because people could walk by and just look in, right? (laughs) (laughs) So I was in the washroom one day, I had pushed this door closed and um, I was in the cubicle. And while I was in the cubicle, all of a sudden, all three of the sink taps came on full blast oh my gosh and I was like what the heck I didn't hear because you could hear the door you know it would just go when it would open right I thought why would someone come in and just turn on all the taps right so (laughs) you know I finished my business came out and all three taps were just running full blast the door was completely closed it had not been opened. You couldn't pull it closed from the outside because there was no handle on the outside. It was push mm-hmm. only. So, you know, that was just strange. I mean, I just... Did you turn off the water? I turned off the water. Yeah. I'm trying to think of it, of course, as we do, I'm going, okay, if this is a plumbing issue, something opened it up, how do all three come on if, if it had broken from the inside that the water could just go... Not how would that happen on all three taps if you were able to close them again? So it clearly wasn't a plumbing issue, right? No. I mean, that's just bizarre. It's agreeably bizarre. If there's any plumbers that want to answer to this, we'd like to know. (laughs) We should say that. Come at us, bro. We'd like to know. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That is crazy. Yeah. Yeah. It was odd. There were several times that I would be in the women's washroom you know, with that sticky door closed and the door would suddenly open, uh, you know, on its own. That happened many times and not just to me. It happened to, you know, my, I had one other female coworker and it happened to her several times as well. So there was no, you know, I mean, it's inside, there's no wind that was really could be strong enough to open that door, you know, even if, you know, it was, air pressure or something you had to push on it pretty hard to open it then one morning uh i was there as i said i was there uh early in the morning alone and my office was just across from the front door they didn't have a receptionist so i kind of because it was a small company and there was only a few of us working there you know i kind of 
wore that hat, right? That receptionist hat. So because I was there, it was before our normal office hours, I had the door locked. Well, the front door was quite a heavy door. It was on one of those, you know, things that pulls it closed. Mm -hmm. It had a, it had a deadbolt (laughs) and then a handle. Mm -hmm. So when someone came, if they had a key, you'd hear them unlock the deadbolt. You'd hear that handle go down, then the door would open. And then when it closed, it would close with a loud clap, you know, smack, click, click. Right. So I was sitting facing away from the door because I'm facing my computer I hear the key, I hear the door open, I hear the smack, you know, and then I hear like loud, loud footsteps go by quickly. Well, it sounded like Brad, one of the twins, you know, he's a big man, six foot three or something and, and, you know, clompy feet. And that's what it sounded like. And he had had, uh, someone had called for him and I had a message for him. So I called him. I said, oh, Brad, there was a message for you. And like, there's no answer, right? So I I got up and I chased him down the hallway. No, Brad, nobody. Like, there was nobody. I went back to the front door. The front door was still locked. Oh, my God. And you stayed in the office. (laughs) (laughs) I did. Because I'm imagining it. It must be me. Uh, Obviously, it must be me. What's going on, right? No, you know what? No, I... No, I did not think it was just me. I know that I heard that door and I know that I heard someone walk by and it was loud, but I didn't feel a malevolent feeling. You know, it just felt like as, as if one of my coworkers had come in. And it was, you know, it was your, your lady friend coworker, <laughs> your poor lady friend coworker was just yeah, coming in. I, I, I believe it was her. Yeah. Um, I heard her often. And in fact, I heard her during the day. Often I would hear that door open. And even a little later, they switched me into another office. They moved me into another office that was more around the corner from the door. And I would tell, I told the boys, I said, you know, that door opens and no one comes in. <laughs> and they're like, oh, you know, you're just a bad. No, that doesn't matter. <laughs> you're crazy. It's the wind. Uh, right, <laughs> right, right, right. With a deadbolt and a handle. So, okay. so yeah. Some wind. Yeah. So, yeah, I heard that door many times open and close and no one come in. So that was a really common thing. Did you ever try and talk to her? You know, I... I didn't, but I will go on with the story because someone did. We had a fellow uh, who would clean our office on the weekends. You know, he just came on the weekends. We were small. You know, they didn't think we needed cleaning every night like Mm -hmm. some offices do. Uh, If anything got messy, you know, we would just look after it ourselves. Yeah, we had a a fellow from uh, Guatemala who would come in and he would come usually early on Fridays, early enough to, you know, he'd come around and chat with us and we were on first name basis with him. He came like, you know, I had had these experiences. The other gal had had experiences. The boys all poo-pooed it, but he came to us one day and he said, have you ever had 
you know, strange things be happening in here lately, like hearing footsteps or hearing people or, you know, turning machines on and off and things like that. And we're like, yes. <laughs> so he was actually really frightened of it. Oh, another thing. There was one more thing that I was going to to say was that both me and the other girl really often if we were waiting by the elevator we would get this sort of woozy weird nauseous feeling come over us like and just in this one spot right in front of the elevator you know to to go down and we would feel this weird feeling and we Sometimes we would both feel it at the same time. Um, sometimes she would feel it. Sometimes I would feel it. But, you know, I've heard too where I've read that that can be a spiritual manifestation as well. That sort of feeling that you're just off balance just a little bit. Like, like you know what it reminds me of is if you feel a really slight earthquake mm -hmm. and, and you, you kind of like disoriented for a second. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was, it was like, but anyway, getting back to the story about our cleaner, you know, once we told him that, yeah, we've been having these experiences as well, you know, he would come and, and tell us about things that had happened on the weekend or, you know, on the weekend as he'd been cleaning and um, it quite concerned him. He was, uh, he was quite frightened by it. The other girl and I just kind of, we just sort of took it in stride and never felt like we were in danger or, you know, anything. But he was frightened by it. So one night he came in, you know, with his, I think he brought his rosary in and, oh. and, uh, and, and prayed over the space nice. and tried to, and talked to her and said, you know, it's okay. You can move on. Just be at peace right. and move on and go towards the light. Nice. That's all we and know to do. Know <laughs> yeah. That's all we know to do. But after that, there was never another manifestation. She just wanted to be recognized. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> oh my goodness. I wonder if all of them, even the angry ones, if that's all they want. It's just to be ignored. I know it's hard. It's like, if you think about it as human beings in front of each other, when you're confronted with a stranger who's in a very bad mood and they might be taking it out on you, especially if you're in the service industry, it's really tough to stay calm. It's even worse mm -hmm. when you can't see what's being angry. <laughs> so it's yeah. no wonder we get so terrified. And, and if you think about it, you know, when I think of what we call it, Hollywood wants to present as evil is no different than just an angry individual in front of us that we just, you can't calm them down. There's nothing you can do about it. They're like a tire fire. You know? <laughs> do you know what I mean? They're processing it emotionally, yeah. but now they're in a different plane. And how do you handle that? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I mean, when you look at people around you, there's there's good people Always. and there's people who are not so not good, so good. <laughs> are still trying to figure it out and lashing out in the meantime. So, you know, I think that's probably the same with, with spirits who have gone on, but I also believe that there's spirits who ha have never been born. Like I do believe that there are evil spirits who have never been born, but they still inhabit this earth, you know, so yeah, that's whether, a whole other topic, isn't it? A whole other topic. Some people would call them demons. Yeah. The idea of demons, yeah. natural evil. Yeah. yeah. Ooh. Ooh. But I mean, they're still 
like I think equal spirits to our spirits, but they're not very happy. <laughs> I have hardly shared those stories with anyone because you always think people think you're crazy. I mean, there's always going to be people that imagining. have attitudes, but there's also those bunches yeah. that, like you said, like your son, like my daughter who did not want to talk about them because they were afraid of either, you know, causing more fear or, you know, having people, it affect their life because people will think otherwise of them. And I think it is important mm -hmm. to talk about these experiences. I think it is because it makes us question what is real, what is real. Yeah. I agree. And, and not only that, when you keep them to yourself all the time, you don't get to have that, um, that joint experience with someone else because like, I think everyone has these or maybe not everyone, but I think most people do have a story. You know, I, I really do. I think it's a common human experience and we keep it to ourselves and, and then we, we never know that everyone else is experiencing the same thing or has experienced the same thing and can relate to you. Well, Elizabeth, I really appreciate you sharing your stories with us. <laughs> so thank oh. you for, the, for sharing. Thank you for being here. It was my pleasure. Thank <laughs> you. Thank you so much for inviting me. Thank you. Bless. Man, there you go. I still have chills over her experiences. Well, guys, I hope you enjoyed that. See you next time. Take care. Bye.